Atlantic City 97.3 ESPN. This is the Sports Bash with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN. Now, live inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, here's Mike Gill. All right, it's the last hour of the show, but uh, we got a lot to get into. If you're just joining us, some news with the Eagles today. They uh, announced that Deshaun Jackson will play. Likely, Lane Johnson will play. Problem is, you're not going to get Miles Sanders, Zach Ertz, Alshon Jeffrey. I don't think you're really losing uh, any sleep over that. Jamal Brown, the right guard, has been released. So uh, he's gone, and you're going to have a new offensive line for like the 15th time in a row here this year. Jeez, so mighty. They've got uh, all sorts of problems on that line. But I think what you're going to see is Suo Peta play left guard and uh, Nick Herbig played right guard, and Lane Johnson played right tackle. But you're going to get Deshaun Jackson back, and you're going to get, um, well, Lane Johnson back. So you're going to get a chance to see Fulgham and Jackson together. The question is, is that enough firepower to outscore the Giants? I mean, the Giants don't score all that much. They're one of the lowest-scoring teams in the league. You should be able to outscore them. You should be able to outscore them. Yep, and based off the fact that you went up against the Steelers and Ravens defense, who are way better than the Giants' defense, although I do need to give them credit because they are not a dumpster fire defensively. They can hold their own specifically against the run and uh, how they defend the run, but you just went up against, you can argue, maybe the top two defenses in the league, right? And you did really well and scored a bunch of points. So with that being said, yes, you add Deshaun Jackson. Although you take a step back with Miles Sanders and Ertz, I do think that it's enough that you should be able to outscore this team. Now they're getting back Slayton, which adds a layer to their offense. Yeah, I mean, I'm not all that concerned about the Giants offensively, though. Even Slayton, I mean, they have a couple of nice little weapons, but... Their running game shouldn't be able to – you should be able to shut their running game down. One thing, too, they don't have the big tight end. You know, the Eagles have been hammered by tight ends recently. The Giants don't have that great tight end that should give the Eagles fits. I mean, that doesn't mean um, that the Giants couldn't say, hey, we know the Eagles linebackers are a big problem, so let's kind of game plan a little bit more uh, to get Ingram involved in this game. I think Ingram had a decent game against the Eagles last year, if I don't, if uh, memory serves. But uh, I, I think that I'm not all that concerned with their run game, and Daniel Jones just doesn't concern me all that much. He turns the ball over. He's a guy who will turn the ball over. If you get pressure from your front four, he'll turn it over. So I think there's an opportunity for turnovers in this game, and I think there's an opportunity for you to score points on them. And that's a matchup that should be able to dominate dominate that defensive front. Now, it was interesting, though, when we brought up Duke Riley to Moshe at football at four, he didn't mention Davion Taylor. You know, he mentioned... Well, Nor maybe, should he. But you don't think that he deserves a chance to be out there over a, a Sean Bradley or any of these other guys? I, I mean, don't think Bradley did anything. No, I mean... Just no, the I, fact that he wasn't even in the conversation, I'm like, oh, man, I, you know, he had snaps last game. Very limited. I get it. But, you know, I'm under the impression now, like, hey, just... Come on, let's throw him out there. Can it be worse? He Does he deserve zero playing time? I think, yeah. You do? Okay. I I, mean, well, I, well, for them to come out and admit that he is a project, I think tells you all you need to know. He played last week. Not very much. No, I know, but he played last week, and he had a play that actually stood out to a lot of people in film on how his explosiveness and his side-to-side -side movement, which is what we've all well, been talking about, was we knew that effective. he had that. We knew that he had the... 
athletic ability. His biggest problem is he's got very little football experience. Well, how do you get that experience? Sure, of course, you have to play, but are you going to just throw it? Look, he can't be any worse. That's fair to say, but I, I can't sit here and say they're making a huge mistake by playing, not playing Davey. And, and I'm definitely not going to that extreme either. Yeah, for, for uh, you know, to even suggest a guy uh, who has very, very little limited. Nobody likes saying, look, why don't they just stick Jordan Maialata out there? He's the best athlete they and have. it worked. Two years ago. This is his third year in the league now. I'm talking about if two, three years ago, hey, let's just stick him out there because he's a great athlete. You would have got your quarterback killed probably. Well, it depends. The difference is if your left tackle at the time was somebody like Nate Gary, you might have to, right? I mean, that's the difference in circumstance. Back then, you had Jason Peters. In this scenario, you have Nate Gary. So that's where I think it's worth a shot. He played a couple snaps last game. You know, I, just, I want to see the kid out there. I get it. Everybody loves the new young guy. They're always the fun, shiny toy. I can't criticize him at all for not putting him out there. As much as I hate Gary and can't stand him, he probably deserves to play more than Taylor does. And I can't believe I'm even saying that. I think a lot of the reason Gary plays is guys like Taylor are probably just don't know the system, aren't very well versed in the all of the of that stuff. Everybody loves to see the young guy, the new toy. They're always the most fun. But it's reckless just to suggest that they should always be the guy that gets the chance to play. There's a fine line between, as Peterson was asked today, how do you juggle trying to win your division, a very winnable division, and also trying to play young players and evaluate them at the same time? You're not in the mode where you can just be like, all right, we're out of this. Let's just throw a guy out there and see how he handles well, it. Well, Sean Bradley's a shiny new toy. Like That's my point. Is like It's not like there's these guys out there where Sean Bradley was a sixth-round pick this year. He's a shiny he's, new toy. And he's playing about 20% of the snaps. Right, and, but I'm not making it seem like Davion Taylor deserves to play 100% of the snaps. I'm just talking about implementing him in there. I think and they did that last in. week. That's yeah, the, first the first time, time. that he got snaps was last week. I don't remember him doing anything of, wow, how come they're not playing this guy other than the fact that he's got some athletic ability. Nothing that he did other than on the punt when I was like, wow, he ran into the punter. That's the first time I heard his name all year. Well, he had a pretty impressive play on Lamar Jackson, even though they got beat for the play. What he was able to do on yeah, the chase down was Yeah, that was the play when he, when he chased him down. Yeah. But there's a reason he's chasing him down. He's probably out of position. Well, I mean, when did you're you see the, the play? Guys, the but... whole thing was blown up because Lamar Jackson beat the entire defense as a whole that play. Yeah, well, that's what uh, typically when a play like that breaks down is because typically someone's out. I'm not saying that he was. I'm just saying, like, someone's out of position, and if he's chasing him, look, I get it. He's got out. The fact that we're talking about him is preposterous. He should not be on the field more than 5%, 10% of the time. He's not helping him. I just said that it was weird to me that with Duke Riley being in the mix and we're talking about linebackers that he wasn't talked about at all based off the fact that he did well, play I last think that game. Mosher understands that they're not going to use him. Okay. Right? I mean, he knows they're not putting him out I, there. I mean, I think a lot of people were shocked last week to see him out there. Well, they were down two linebackers last week. Well, who knows what's going to happen this week. I, I mean, yeah, if they go down two linebackers, then there's a good possibility that they might say, hey, we need you to play some snaps, but... If you get another guy back, that pushes him further down the list. I, I think he only played like eight, not even seven eight snaps. snaps I'll so say eight to seven snaps last week. So, yeah, I, I think Mosher understands they're not putting him out in the field. And the Eagles were very um, transparent when they drafted him that he was more of a project player than ready to play. 
Like he barely played. He missed games in college because of his religious uh, yeah, beliefs. He, he couldn't play certain games in high school on Friday nights because. So he is very, very little football. But like, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I just think, well, based off the fact that at that time when they draft him, you don't expect Nate well, Gary I, to be this bad, and there's so much that uh, Duke rallies her. Like there's just so many things that go in the equation where. You know, uh, throwing him into the fire. Uh, Andrew DiCecco mentioned running around with his head cut off and leg. Hey, just let him get there and get some experience. The I'm whole not against throwing him that. into the fire, though, that philosophy is kind of, to me anyway, is the desperation. Just throw guys out there. They got well, you're be desperate than what at you that position. Yeah, but your team is in a position to still win the division. I know, but so what if you're, you've had what is your message working? to your team Nate if Gary. you're throwing? I don't, I'm not talking about Nate Gary. I'm talking about Riley, Singleton, uh, no, well, Edwards is hurt right now. I say they had two linebackers hurt. But if you're just saying, "Hey, we're just going to throw Davion Taylor out there," your message is kind of, "We're letting the young guys get a chance to play," and they deserve it based off the fact that Nate get- Sean Bradley's a young guy, so he's getting thrown in there. So he's a guy that is getting thrown into the fire a little premature, based off the fact that you don't have many options. So he is one that's doing it. It's just not Davion Taylor. And they obviously think Bradley is more prepared to play sure, than Taylor. Sure, I think that's sure. evident. Okay, sure. Yeah, and that doesn't perfect, mean they're I mean, right. Right, exactly. But I think they were very upfront with Davion Taylor is a big-time project, and he's probably not going to help us out on defense at all this year. I have Zippo problem. Like, I'm not sitting here saying, how the hell are they not playing this guy? No, I'm not making it seem like it's Davion Taylor, this team's not going to win. I just think it's an interesting conversation when you talk about how pathetic this linebacking core oh, is. Oh, it's definitely. And there was a trade in the NFL today that somebody went out and got a linebacker, and there's been some murmurs that the Eagles are looking specifically at that position because, look, they're getting Riley back. Riley, to me, has not done much. Right. I agree with you. And that's why this, you know, when we talked about Riley, I'm thinking, like, man, it's not like he's someone that is anyone of. The last you know, week now, he's not a, a big enough player. I didn't think where... their linebackers were as big. Look, as much as I hammered Geary the week before, I didn't think he was horrendous last week. I thought he was just a non-factor, if you can say that. But he had very little hand in them. Basically. I don't think the Ravens really tested them as much as I anticipated them to. No, I mean Andrews kind of didn't do much. Now the backup tight end Boyle, he had a couple catches and a touchdown. Well, I mean. Uh, Jackson, he just killed you. I mean, but I don't think the way that he killed you was as much on the linebackers. He just was running all over the place. You can't expect the linebackers to just run and chase him all over the place and be in coverage. That's why I say I don't think Geary was as much of an issue last week as I typically – I mean, I crushed him the week before. Um, They gave Singleton – I asked him to give Singleton snaps. I thought he deserved more playing time. He played just as much as – Geary last week, and I don't think their linebackers, that doesn't mean they're good, were a problem last week. So I don't say, based off of what they did last week, there's a reason to start replacing guys. Well, Jim Schwartz, I don't think he got out-schemed last week, and, and you talked about the coverage stuff. There were plenty of times where the defense actually did its job, and then that's what Lamar Jackson does. He's special for a reason. When you have everyone blocked downfield and covered downfield, that's where he's going to have some time to be able to get a run in there. There's only so much you can do. When you take away everything in the throwing game, he's going to be able to do well, that Well, that's sometimes. what I'm saying. Like, you, If he's running all over the place, you can't expect the linebacker to chase him and cover. at the. And part of the thing, like, they were chasing him around with uh, Brandon Graham, and that's why Graham's snaps were down this particular week because um, – 
he was running around. He only played 60% of the snaps this week because he had to get off the field. Now, Geary played 68 snaps. Singleton played 65. Bradley played 32 snaps. Taylor played 11. So he played 15% of the snaps. Now, keep in mind, there's sometimes – now, against the Giants, that's interesting to see because the, Red, the, the Ravens are an interesting offense. They're much more – they're not like a four wide receiver spread it out. So you would have more linebackers on the field. So maybe that's why Taylor got more snaps this week, that you had more instances when you had three linebackers on the field. A lot of times you won't have three linebackers on yeah, the field. Yeah, he played when there were three. Right, exactly. So if you're putting a third linebacker on there, they're giving him a little bit of uh you know, a little bit of a chance to get there. I don't have a problem with that. But I don't I'll, look, as much as I hate Geary, I don't think he's ready to start taking the full reps. At that point, oh, I don't. I don't think he's ready to take the full reps either. But I would like to see him get out there for a handful of snaps, and I wonder if he will this. Well, week. if they use three linebackers, and if anything, if you have a third linebacker out there, and you want to see if Davion Taylor can use his athleticism and pressure the quarterback, send him on blitzes, and see if that's one role like you do with Avery, and put him in that kind of package where hey, let's see if you can start maybe. Being a guy who can get after the – I don't have a problem with that. But in coverage, I think in coverage is where he's going to get really exposed. Right. Well, yeah. and I mean, the problem and is Bradley, so is everybody else. But you're Bradley, not wrong. Bradley, by the you're way, not is not there for coverage. Nope. He, he is there at, that run game for and sure. And that is not what Taylor's strength is going to be when he eventually gets out in the field. He's not going to be a run-stuffing guy. He's going to be more of a athletic coverage guy. So we hope. So we hope. So you hope, obviously. Yeah, you definitely – look, when you took a guy in the third round as a project, you're taking him based on his athletic ability. Hey, this guy's got – I saw Michael Kendrick sign today. I saw that too. With uh, He's Seattle on the practice again, squad. Right? Yeah, now obviously he's had some injury issues and some other off-the-field issues. issues. Right, that, but I thought if you could get – if you could have got a guy like Kendrick's and had him on your practice squad – Maybe that would have been something that uh, you should have in- investigated. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, what, what do you do? Not pay his taxes or something? That uh, thing's been going on forever. Inside trading information. Inside trading. That's right. Yeah, he had that insider trading that uh, he got caught or something to that effect. But I don't know. He did get hurt too, so I don't know if he's healthy enough and ready. Speaking of Seattle, apparently they are the front runners to land Antonio Brown because mm. Antonio Brown is going to be eligible to be. Uh, back active after the eighth week of the year. I don't know if I like that if I'm Seattle. I know he's a very good player, but they've got no problem. Their offense isn't their problem. They need defensive help. You're going to bring in a guy who can disrupt your offensive problem. I mean, I guess maybe your defense is so bad, you're thinking, hey, we need as much offensive firepower. And they said that he worked out in the offseason with Russell Wilson so that maybe Wilson talked, you know, has a pretty good feeling of, hey, I think I can handle this guy. I mean, now, that now that eight-week thing, that was the league suspension on him, the eight weeks so then yeah, now he's yeah. So now he's available. I just for, there's been so much with Antonio Brown. He's kind of been out of the loop. I forget if they actually what exactly they handed down on him. That's another thing. He's been out of the game for so long. I'm not saying he's going to stink, but look, it's taken Gronk a while to kind of. He also lost. I always question this too, though. With with Gronk, we talked about how much weight he lost and what he was doing when he stopped playing football. I always kind of question how he would come back as a tight end again, being. So damn skinny, you know? That was a big part of him. He was such a big, big freaking nature, and now he's slimmed down a bit. How would that There were a lot of people game? who wondered that. Yeah, yeah. like uh, that he did not look like he was in football shape when he was out of the game. He had lost so much. Now, Antonio Brown, 32. He played, what, like one game last year, that game with the Patriots, and then he got suspended. 
And so he has not played really in almost over a year other than the one game. That's it. 32. I mean, you got to imagine he's going to be a little rusty, no? Yeah, absolutely. Now, here's a hypothetical that is not going to happen, but would you be interested no. in that? Okay. I just want to ask the question. I mean, the Eagles are just not anywhere I, yeah, in position. I know. I know. I know they wouldn't really do it, but, I, you know, it's a conversation, of course. Sure. If, if you could, would. I mean, every Eagles fan always loves the big name. I know no, they Antonio do. Antonio Brown, he's 32. I mean, you already have that guy. He's broken down on your sideline, Deshaun Jackson. Yep, and now Sean Jeffrey. I agree with yeah, you. you. I wouldn't go down that road. And they're in a position now where they've got all these young receivers on the team. you got Fulgham, Rieger, Hightower, Watkins. There's no, really no place to bring Antonio Brown. I mean, if you thought you were close to a Super Bowl this year and you were struggling with injuries at wide receiver, that's a different story. Like somebody texted in earlier. We talked about a team that might be interested in Alshon, and they texted in the Green Bay Packers. That's a team that thinks they can win the Super Bowl and has had a ton of injuries at wide receiver this year. I'm not going to act as if that's not a scenario that like I understand where you're going to there but if you're talking about a team that has a ton of injuries at the wide receiver position why would someone like Alshon who just came off a Liz Frank injury who hasn't played football in how long be the answer with that type of cap hit I don't know I mean that's a scenario where I don't think anyone in the league is looking for Alshon to fill that role they might want a wide receiver I don't know how that's Alshon though Oh, of course, we're in the inner circle, so we would say, why would anybody want this guy? But somebody from the outside looking in would say, this guy's been a productive player, won a Super Bowl, we've got problems at wide receiver, we are this close to getting to a Super Bowl. If we had a wide receiver, would that help our all? You got Aaron Rodgers, he's getting older, how many more cracks are you going to take with it? So people don't look at it the way we're looking at it. These are NFL players. Uh, people who have scouts, have people. Now, you haven't seen them play, so you don't know, but we're looking at it as Alshon sucks because we just don't. Well, I know. think the cap money, is, if the, if his contract was different, it would be an easier conversation. I don't know what type of GM looks at Alshon right now in his career with that cap hit and goes, I need that for my team right now. The cap hit Pro is Well, brutal. believe me, probably zero. <laughs> yeah. But the 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 the, situa the scenario that we brought up was a team that thinks they can win. Right. A so Super they're Bowl. desperate, essentially. Well, they have an older, aging quarterback. They're good, and they have injuries at that position. So would they be willing to take a shot at a Super Bowl this year and then suck the money up later? I mean, you. You know, that that term, kick the can down the road. I'm playing for now. I'll worry about the cap problems when I get to it. There's a lot of teams that will look at it and say, I'll figure out that then. I got to try to win now. I have a team that's what, four and one, five and one? Four and one. But I've got how many receivers have they got hurt? Three? Too many. Yep. Can I get a guy in here that is making. His salary this year is $9.9 million. That is what his guaranteed salary is. His cap number is 15-3, and he has, if he is cut June pre-June 1st, that is a dead money of $10 million. So, yeah, that's a, it's a tough one to swallow, no question. Now, if you cut him uh, post-June 1st, if he's cut post-June 1st, am I reading this right, that he has no cap hit after that? No, oh, dead money, I'm sorry, would be $15 million. Yeah, big time. Yeah, so he's got a huge dead money problem at the end of it. Now, here's the question. 
If he helps you in a Super Bowl this year and he's back healthy, he's only 30 years old. It's not like the guy's 35 and he's, you know, completely out of gas. I think we think he's out of gas just because he's Alshon and the stuff with Carson and all that kind of stuff. But at 30 years old, if you got him and he helped you make it to a Super Bowl, what's to say that he gives you one more year next year? Yeah, it's just a hard injury to come back from. Now, we do have some breaking news with the Eagles. Uh, Matt Pryor has officially been activated from the COVID list. So Mike Kay is reporting now he was given an exemption so the Eagles don't need to make a move immediately. But I wonder, does that mean he can play on Thursday? So he has been officially activated from the COVID-19 list. I'm not 100%. I I would guess that, yeah, if you're activated from the list, I guess. um, No, it's not like Matt Pryor has been the best right guard in the world, but I wonder how that impacts maybe, you know, Peta or something of that. It gives you more depth. What if Lane Johnson goes out? Then you have Certainly helps having him active on game day than not having him. Right, so I guess we'll have to keep an eye out on it and see, you know, what happens in terms of Thursday. All right, Sports Best brought to you by Matt Black Kia. They want to get you approved today. Visit Matt Black Kia, Black Horse Pike, Egg Harbor Township. So prior now off the COVID list, we'll see if they activate him. I still think that you'll see Opeta play left and Herbig play right. I think Pryor is now going to be the backup to Lane Johnson in the event that he can't finish the game. And by the way, somebody texted in 609-403-0973. Will Lane Johnson make it through the full game tomorrow? That's from JT from Texas. Well, JT... That question was asked today of Doug Peterson, and he specifically answered that question by saying that they kept him out last week, and they think by keeping him out last week that he should be able to make it through this game. But he said, don't quote me on that because anything is possible, right? Yeah, I don't feel great about it. If I was a betting man like you are, you crazy betting man, you, I would probably say he will not he won't play every snap. Who? Uh, Lane? Yeah. If I, he, I mean, I'm not shocked if he does it. Right. I'm not surprised if he does. I mean, I think he tried to play in the past because they were struggling. I think sitting out the week could help. It doesn't mean he's going to be 100% the whole night, but I'm not like, oh, my God, he's going to be in and out every single week. I think taking the week off last week probably helped him out, and the fact that he's playing this week is probably an indication that he feels much better. But he could get, like like Doug said, don't quote me on that. Uh, And if he doesn't, that's why I think Matt Pryor is not starting at right guard because you need him to now play right tackle because Jack Driscoll is out. Got all that? Find five, ugly five next. Today. All right, 530. Who's in? Who's out? Who are the five best? Who are the five worst teams in the NFL? We're going to count them down after six weeks. You guys can always get involved on the PlaySugarHouse.com text board, 609-403-0973, the five best, five worst teams in the league. By the way, World Series tonight here on 97.3 ESPN. We'll have game two for you. Who's the pitching matchup again? We have Goslin and Blake Snell. Blake Snell, let's go. I wonder if Kevin Cash, though, pulls him early because of the mistake that he made yesterday with Glass. See, I hope he doesn't change his philosophy based on what he did last night. Well, no, because what he did last night was going against his philosophy. Yeah, but I know what I'm saying. Like, if there's a situation, like, Snell's a guy that he could ride a little bit more. Glassnell, a little different. I think Snell and Morton are the two guys that have the, the, the tr- Snell want a Cy Young. I mean, come on. You can trust those guys a little bit more. Glassnell's a little bit more 
new on the scene. The problem is, though, you can't really lose this game. I'm not saying it's over completely because we've seen some crazy ALCSs and NLCSs this specific year, but you got to get this victory. And your question, I know you might not like this, but you know that third time around the lineup, it's like, what do you do? Do you allow Snell to go after Mookie Betts again? Do you make the move into your bullpen, which is your bread and butter? The difference is for this team, the bullpen is their identity. So that third time around the lineup starts happening. Do you keep Snell in there? Do you go? I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I think it's a tough, tough question. I want to see how Kevin Cash uh, goes down. All right, let's go. Find five ugly five. Five best, five worst teams in the NFL. Let's start with the ugly five. Who are the five worst teams in the NFL? By the way, find five ugly five is brought to you by Recovery Centers of America Drug and Alcohol Addiction Treatment Centers located in Mays Landing, New Jersey, and Devon, PA. All right, number five in the ugly five. Five words. There's a... We had John Clayton on earlier. He talked about how 11 teams have either one or zero wins so far. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten teams. If ten teams have zero or one win, who's the fifth worst of those groups? I got Minnesota. I got Minnesota because the expectations coming into this thing. You know, I'm sure that there's worse organizations structurally and things of that nature, but the expectations for the Vikings was not a one-win team at this point in the season. And you me- you mentioned Jefferson. He came on the scene, but it's not like it's resulting in much earlier in the season. They were getting waxed and allowing way too many points for that defense. I got to look at the Minnesota Vikings and go, man, you guys are ugly. That's why I put them in my five. They are my fifth team as well. Similar. Expectations were high. People thought this was going to be a good team this year. They lost to Atlanta at home last week. Holy mackerel. They're almost as bad defensively as the Cowboys are. They've given up 192. They're a minus 37. Been very disappointing for that team. I have them as number five in my ugly five. Number four. I got the Jags. You know, we started out in the beginning of the year talking about how they were probably going to be one all year long, but then they ended up getting that win and Gardner Minshew's all fun. Yeah, that's starting to fall off. That excitement is starting to to go different. Although, you look at Sidney Jones, and he's making some defensive plays. But now the Jags, they are starting to become who we all expected them to become. I'm going with the Jags as my fourth. I got the Giants in there at number four. They won last week. They've been hanging in there. The offense, not great. Defense isn't tremendous, but they've certainly gotten better. It's a more competitive team, but still a bad football team. they got a horrible offensive line. They don't have a whole heck of a lot of weapons. The quarterback turns the ball over a lot. They've made some strides, but they're still the fourth worst team in my mind. Number three for me, i got Washington. Ron Rivera going for it. I don't even blame him for going for it. Look, you want to try and get a win. Your team kind of stinks. Like, hey, let's snag a win here. Two-point conversion. It failed. I don't mind him going for it. I know that was a pretty questionable call throughout the week. The quarterback situation is just horrendous. Dwayne Haskins, they go with Allen. And at one point, Alex Smith had to come in. They seem to be a legit mess, and I don't know how they fix it. I got Washington in the same spot. They played the Giants last week. They lose to the Giants. Did you like? Were you okay with him going for it for the win? Because he's getting some criticism. No, I mean, they're Washington. Come on, they're horrible. Yeah, I agree. You go for the win there, right? I mean, you're in a position to win with one play. Take it. Take it. Don't play Especially in this division where if you sneak that win out, you're in first place. Right. Right. Right? I mean, come on. I mean, what's the big deal if they win or lose that game? 
Uh, their defense, 162. We thought their defense might be half decent when we saw them in week one. They've had some problems. They can't score. They've lost five in a row since beating the Eagles. I mean, people might say, how are they worse than the Eagles? Well, if you watch their other five games, they're just not competitive for the most part. The quarterback play is terrible. By the way, they're one in five. Why would you draft a guy Haskins and then take him out for a journeyman like Allen? That just doesn't make sense to me. Well, that's the head coach's decision. I don't like that. I mean, I get he's trying. He saw that he had a light spot in his schedule coming up with some division games he thought were winnable and that if they could sneak him out. But you have to find out if Haskins is, is anything. Maybe they really don't think he has a chance in hell. And remember, Allen did have some experience playing with Rivera in Carolina. So maybe just based off of their connection before. I don't know. I'm not saying it's the right one. I'm just trying to think of why they did it. You have to say, let this kid just flame and say, look, he just could not play. We tried and tried and tried. You're going to go to Kyle Allen? How many games has Haskins really played, though? A handful. I mean, he's, he probably hasn't played even a full season worth of games oh, so no, far. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't, I don't think he's even close to 16 games. Exactly. So, uh, to me, that's I, I, I don't like that move by uh, the Washington football team to just say, right, you know what, we've already given up on this guy. We just drafted him. I get he didn't get drafted by... He has 13 games, 11 started. So he started 11 games so far in his career. Yeah, to me, that's a, that's that's a reason to be on the ugly five right there. You panicked already on the guy. Where did you draft him? I think it was 16 or so in that range, I think, during that draft. 15. 15? So the guy you took 15th overall because you thought you needed a quarterback, you've given up on already. But that, he wasn't in the regime then and all. But I'm with you. It's just not the right time to do it. I can understand if you had – some guy you were excited about. You tell me that you're excited about an undrafted player in Kyle Allen. You're turning the keys to the franchise and saying, hey, let's see if Kyle Allen maybe is the guy. You know he can't play. All right, my number two. The Dallas Cowboys. That was miserable. And the quotes afterwards, that's really what took it over the top. Even with just the performance, it was ugly. And then add everything you're hearing about the coaching staff and not being able to teach these guys, develop these guys. They're just not prepared. Wow. If I'm Jerry Jones, I'm looking at this mess and going, what do I do next? Because I, I, you got you to gotta change a lot of things. I know the defensive coordinator is the way they're probably going to go at some point here. But it is a dumpster fire internally. The Dallas Cowboys, number two. I should have put them number one, but with – you know who sitting at one. I don't think anyone can beat them. I can't believe I forgot to put Dallas in my ugly wow. five. I, I took have... the Giants out just to put the Cowboys in and even make my ugly five the New York Giants. I should have put them in at five ahead of Minnesota. Shame on you. Yeah, I definitely should. Jacksonville's number two. That opening week win is a distant memory. They've lost five in a row. They're just not a very good football team. I have the Robinson kid. He hasn't done anything either for a couple of weeks. Um, they've given up 181. They can't score. It's a bad football team. It's pretty much – I had them at number one to start the year. I think Jacksonville, uh, when we started this off, yeah, they were my number one team in here, and uh, they're now number two, and we know the Jets are number one. i, I, I got to change mine. I'm taking Minnesota <laughs> out, and Dallas is going in. A team that's first place in the division, yeah, I'm putting it number five. They're historically the worst defense I think I've ever seen in my life. No doubt about it. No doubt I about it. I officially scratched them out and put Dallas in at number five. Okay, I allow that. That is okay with me. 218 points, minus 45. Hideous football team. Gross. One of the ugliest five teams in the league. All right, 5-5. Five, five. 
right. Interested in this one. Yeah, I got a good list here. All right, number five. Five. Fifth best team in the league. Ugly five. Uh, fine five. Who's number five? I have the Titans. I do, too. I really like this team. Every single week, I think I'm getting sucked into loving them even more and more. And I, I know I talked about this earlier with Mike Vrabel, but that just added another element to him that I didn't really anticipate him having. That is some savviness that head coaches, when they have that added touch, that's the difference in games. And with him calling the – it wasn't a timeout. He was using the clock management, adding a player on the field to get a penalty to stop the clock. It was genius. That's what you need out of a head coach to push your team to the next level. I love it. Well, I had Titans as my preseason who's in, who's out. I had them in week one, two, three, four, five, six, and now they're in my fine five. Love this Titans team. Love the running game. Love the quarterback play. I was somebody who said – I like Tannehill. Give him a shot last year. I remember getting into it with Mosh about they got to play him, give him a shot to win the job over Mariota. And he said, no, he stinks. I said, you never even give him a shot. He was a high first-round pick. Wow. You and Mosh going at it. We did. Ooh, we fought hard about that. Ooh. Oh, Mosh is still listening and remembers. Maybe uh, send me a text to verify that. I told him that they shouldn't have just handed the job to Mariota. They should have had an open competition. He said, well, what has Tannehill ever done? I said, he, he got the freaking Cowboys, uh, the Dolphins to the playoffs once. Maybe he'll send you an apology. I think he has apologized at one point, but it was a light one. Oh, okay. But I'm a Tannehill guy. Yeah. He was a great athlete, played wide receiver in college, then they shifted him to quarterback. I liked him coming out of the draft. I remember that year because that was Chip Kelly's first year, and there were some thoughts that the Eagles might take him at number three. They took Lane Johnson. Not a bad pick. But it would have been interesting to see Tannehill run Chip Kelly's offense. Yeah, that would have been interesting. I'm not going to lie to you. I was a do-the-deal guy that year. Oh, me too. I was a big do-the-deal guy. I was a fan of making the trade because – the coach needs his quarterback. Yeah, you're The problem right. with Kelly is, no, he had Vic. Vic ran his offense pretty good. Yeah, I would say so. Vic couldn't stay healthy, though. All right, who's number four? I have the Ravens. I have, As do I. Yeah, I have the Ravens. I think they're all, it's crazy to say this because they're averaging so many points per game offensively, but it doesn't look right. That's how good they are. It doesn't look right, yet they're still scoring an obnoxious amount of points. Maybe it's Lamar Jackson with, he had some sort of knee injury. You know, he doesn't have that same pop right now. The throwing has been an issue. They're still a great football team, but, you know, I, I think they've taken a little bit of some steps back as maybe I thought that they would. I have them at four, though. They're still a great team. Defense, they have great secondary pieces. You know, in six games, they've given up 104. The Eagles have 28 of those 104. Their defense is very good. Elite. And I have them at number four. There is, you're right, something that just seems a little different from the team last year. But still one of the five best teams in the league. There's a lot of... You know, got a lot of good records in the league. I don't know how many of them are good teams. I had a team uh, from my fine five fall out from last week. Uh, by no, well, they did lose this week. Uh, that was Green Bay. I have three Seattle. Okay, I also have Green Bay slipping out of my five. So my number three is Pittsburgh. Wow, this Pittsburgh team. Uh, look, I, I know what you were saying before about eight win team last year. You add Big Ben, but when you start out the way that you do with Big Ben, and you, and you just keep rolling, and you keep, and you just keep winning and winning. You know, it's all about like. Man, they believe in him, as they should. It has changed the identity of this team fully, and the defense is great. A, di a different styled version of an elite defense. They have the 3-4. They bring it to you differently. They send a lot of pressure, a lot of blitz. They get in your face, which is uh, definitely a fun watch. But this Steelers team, I did not expect them to be to this level, and, and I'm 
you know, I'm surprised. I have uh, Seattle number three. They had the bye last week. Uh, their defense is still a problem. Offensively, very good. And they're in the mix now for Antonio Brown. That would only add to them, but they're undefeated. Um, their defense is an issue, though, so they got to fix something up there. They need to, you know, the, the problem is they have no pass rush, and I don't think they're going to be able to fix that. I don't see them fixing the pass rush. Can Antonio Brown play a little defensive end? <laughs> right? You know what's funny? You see the video of Maialata on the tackle he made? I yes. Mean, he blasted that guy. If the Eagles drafted him, he had no position. They just made him a left tackle and said, you're going to play defensive tackle. I think he would have dominated that defensive tackle. I think he would have taken guards and just threw them across the room. I'm just looking right now, for example. All right, Fletcher Cox is 6'4", 3'10". I'm trying to pick like a six eight three. You know what I mean? Like he's a big, big man. He'd be probably but he's fast. I know he is. He's athletic as hell for his size. I really wish they would have played him at D tackle. Maybe you see that at some point. Nah. Flip it around. Maybe he's you can't put your starting no, left listen, tackle and play him at defensive listen, tackle. You you cover high school football. You do play by play. How many guys play O N D? Yeah. In in high school. Well, that Jordan Maialata is going to be the first guy in this era here. I wouldn't mind if you put him at fullback and handed the ball. I bet you he'd score on that too. Look, that's, what I, conversion play. that's what I would have done. When I drafted him, I would have said, "You're, we're making you a defensive tackle. Just go after the ball carrier. I don't think anybody's blocking that guy. I really don't. He's so massive and so strong and so explosive. I would have made Maialata a defensive tackle. That would have been my position. Because he had, look, he had no position. It wasn't like he was like, hey, he played some left tackle in the rugby league. They don't have left tackles. Well, you know what? They didn't make a horrendous decision by any means. No, I mean, he's such an athlete that they said, we're going to play this guy at left tackle. How about linebacker? Nah. Him next to Nate Gary. There's your two linebackers <laughs> nah, set. He wouldn't be able to cover. <laughs> yeah, you're D right. tackle, just go after the quarterback. That's what I would have done. Uh, number two, I have Pittsburgh. Okay. So you have your, I have Seattle, so we flip-flop. Yep. Uh, Pittsburgh, I'm not surprised. I mean, and what I like about this team, they lost Antonio Brown. They lost Martavius Bryant. They lost Mike Wallace. They lost Le'Veon Bell. And here they are, 5-0. And, and, and I like that you brought that up because the I think it's so The message to those funny. guys is, you don't want to be here, go see if the grass is greener, and not one of them has the grass been greener. Well, Mike Tomlin has – look, I, I have a bunch of friends that love the Pittsburgh Steelers. Every year, you know, oh, Mike Tomlin this, Mike Tomlin that. You guys, they scream. It's outrageous. Oh, we got to fire him, this and that. You guys don't understand. Like, wh why are you screaming about Mike Tomlin? Look at his playoff – years every single year this guy wins the guy wins and look at the talent on the roster I always feel it's ridiculous because there are plenty of people out in Pittsburgh at times who are so frustrated with them they're ready to get rid of Mike Tomlin you have no clue he's a hell of a coach and you're seeing it happen pretty much every single year eight always and eight want with, the new toy yeah eight and eight with guys you never heard of playing quarterback they always want the new toy Mike Tomlin's a hell of a coach the new toy it's the way we are but that's one of the reasons why to tie it to Philly is, you know, oh, we got to fire Doug, fire Doug. Look, I get frustrated with Doug, and I'm not saying he's the answer, but there's something to be said about not turning over the head coach every single damn year. And you might stick with some guys who go through some bad spurts. Coaches go through some bad spurts, but that doesn't mean that they're horrendous coaches. I, I like staying with people over flipping over coaches all the time. So the question is, are you sticking with Kansas City at number one or Tampa Bay? Chicago five and one, Green Bay four and one. No, I saw a team who took advantage of an opportunity by running the football eye. They can win in many different ways now. How about that? They can use that run game to win games. They can do it all.
I got Kansas City. But they haven't been nearly as impressive this year, I will say that. Uh, it, it seems like, and you saw the failures when the when the Clippers did this and when the Sixers did this, but it almost feels like a get-me-to-the-playoffs for them because they know how good they are. All right, that's our fine five, ugly five, five best, five worst. By the way, Fox averaged 9.1 million viewers for Game 1. It's the lowest audience for a World Series game. The last time a World Series game drew less than 2 million, the Rays. Phillies, Rays, Game 3. Rays are not a great draw. No, but their Game 7, which was Braves-Dodgers, that one was, like, amazing ratings. Yeah. It was Phillies-Rays, which not two not national draws. But the Rays are a problem. Nobody lives in Tampa. And, by the way, anybody who does live in Tampa, they're not from Tampa, and nobody cares about the Rays. Sports Bash, 5, next. Wake up weekday mornings from 6 to 10 with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin on 97.3 ESPN. Coming up Thursday, Mookie took over game one of the World Series. So are the Dodgers the safe bets in game number two? And from the top to the bottom. Number five person. Three in and left man out Number five will always love All right, time for the five as we get ready to wrap up the show. Let's do it. Will Mookie Betts steal a base? I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go no. You go no. Nah, I mean, stolen bases are rare. Not for Mookie Betts. No, but he had two last night. So. Yeah. All right. I like to see Mookie Betts have another big game. I don't want the Dodgers to win this thing, but he wins the MVP. Plus 1,500, man. Yeah, as much of a raisman as I am, I, I still appreciate what this Dodger squad is all about. Now, you got... The wrong end of the stick yesterday with this question. I'll let you get a second opportunity here. Will Cody Bellinger hit a home run? Not tonight. Okay. He crushed that one last night. <laughs> Whew. I love it. It's so sick. Blake Snell, over, under, five and a half strikeouts. Blake I kind of like the over. Snell, over, under, five and a half. I'll go over. I mean, again, the Dodgers are a team that will strike out more. Right. Although, a little small ball yesterday was a little weird. I didn't know what to do with myself. The total runs is set at eight. Yesterday, it was seven and a half. I'm going under almost every time. Okay. I mean, that Rays-Astro series, again, I don't think they went over one time in that series. And I just think last night the game kind of got away from them. They did something they typically do not do with glass now. They left them out there. 112 pitches, which for them, you know, for most people it's not that crazy. But for him, it's like, whoa, what is going on right now? Yeah, that was uh, definitely a uh, different um, night for him. All right, so the last question, Rays or Dodgers? I'm going to go Rays tonight with Snell on the mound. I think they got the advantage on the mound tonight. So I'll go uh, I'll go with the Rays tonight. I think they tie the series up. you know. But this is a big one for Snell. I'm interested to see um, if they get in that situation again tonight. Do they keep Blake Snell out there? It's interesting because it's him. Because the reaction from him last time he was out and they yanked him early, he was mouthing some things. He was clearly frustrated. If it was another pitcher, I think it's a no-brainer that they would – pull him out early but because it's Snell who was just pissed off with their decision his last outing will they feel pressured on that decision I think Cash won't take that into consideration all right I think if uh, he's your number one guy and he's really pissed off with you the last outing after last night I don't think he's going to allow that to uh, deter him I hope you're right I want it to be that way yeah me too I, I 
and me, I'm always a proponent of don't take your starter out too early. Don't just take him out just to take him out. Especially now, but they're one, they're one, um, it, there's, they're one team that is an exception to the rule, though, because their bullpen is their identity. Right, exactly. That's what they do. That is who they are. So, do what got you there. All right, here's the Sports Bass Cash code word. It is skate. S-K-A-T-E. Skate. Enter it now on our website, 973ESPN.com. The word is skate. S-K-A-T-E. Enter it now on our website or use your phone and the mobile app and enter it there. You can win up to $10,000. The more words you enter, the more words you can win. Two lucky winners every day win $1,000 thanks to Jersey Shore Federal Credit Union in the Peachtree Plaza in Hamilton.